Hello everyone and welcome to the Get Clean Podcast. I'm your host Khalil Sherrod and this is episode 15. In this episode I will be interviewing Coach Ben Chantos. Coach Ben is the CEO of B3 Human Performance in Lombard, Illinois and he is building some crazy dominant baseball and softball athletes. Well, I hope you enjoy. Let's get clean. What's up? What's up, Coach? How's it going? Good, good, man. How about you? Just getting home. <laughs> I'm doing good. <laughs> I got home about an uh, hour and a half ago, so, so I got oh, a little nice. bit more time to chillax. I hope you got to shower at least or something. No, not yet. I'll do that after. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a snack, something? I don't know. Uh, I'm eating right now. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Good, good, mm-hmm. good. Um, how, how long are your days usually now? Um. Well, starting this week, we just got back into uh, fall training off right, season. Right. So I work a full time job, so that's eight to four thirty, and then uh, I start right at five and I go till nine. Okay, okay, and that's what, then, five days a week, or uh, that's four. Um, fr- Fridays I have my full time job, and then just about an hour or so after at the gym. Okay, yeah, so okay. it's not too bad. All right, so let's let's get started. So. Where do you work and what is it that you do? Uh, My daytime job, uh, I work at a manufacturing company, um, just in sales. I've been there for about four years and it's really helped me um, have the freedom to grow my business. The owner of the company and my boss has been real cool with that. And then uh, I rent space for my gym out in uh, Lombard, Illinois. I rent out of a a baseball training facility and that's how I have uh, access to so many different athletes. Oh, okay. So, so, yeah. so you don't own your own gym, but you rent a space within a gym. That's so, correct. It's okay. it's a it's a ten thousand square foot facility with hitting cages, and I rent about thirteen hundred uh, square feet, and I have all <clears throat> all my equipment there. So, 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 so you rent out your space for basically like the strength. I'm well, I would say all the strength equipment is basically you, and then you have batting cages, and they allow you to use the batting cages, of course, to like just test. Yeah, if I, if I, that, so. yeah, if I need them, I can use them. But all the strength equipment back th- that I have, it's all mine. I I okay. brought that there and okay. um, purchased it over the years. Oh wow, okay. Um, yeah. What does the B three underscore HP performance stand for? B three Human Performance, just a shortened version, obviously of of my uh, name. I kind of picked the B three because. <laughs> I mean, there's <laughs> there's a ton of different things I can use with it, but mainly for my baseball athletes, it's it's strength, speed, and power. Oh, That's okay. kind of the, the, the three pillars of building a dominant athlete. And then uh, in the future, when I'm able to expand and maybe go into other niches, we got body by Ben. <laughs> okay, okay, I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what uh, what sports did you play growing up? Um, in grade school, you know basketball, volleyball, track. I played baseball for a couple of years, probably until I was like 10 or 12, but mm-hmm. I ran track for nine years from fifth grade all the way through senior year in high school. And then uh, I didn't play any sports in college, just intramurals. Hmm. So how did you, so what, when did you decide you wanted to coach? Well, <clears throat> I actually have a degree in air traffic control. I went to, uh, wow. yeah, I went to Lewis university. It's a uh, known for aviation. Hmm. Um, all my roommates and best friends there were on the baseball team. So I was, I was exposed to that. Um, then coming out of college, the whole ATC thing didn't work out the way that I wanted to. And I was, I was kind of lost, I'd say. And, uh, one of my best friend's mom was going to see this trainer who just opened up a gym kind of locally. They're still there now, uh, kind of locally to me and said, I should go talk to him. And long story short, I started working under him as a side job and, um, Started training athletes slowly there. Uh, after about two years, him and I ended up leaving and opening our own facility. And then uh, wow. a year into a year into that was when I got in contact with this baseball team that I've been training. That's when I kind of narrowed down my niche to baseball players. And then uh, two years into owning that gym is when I just had a way better opportunity to move into the space that I'm in now and focus just on baseball and softball players. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I, like, have been to Chicago once. So, like, where are you relative to, like, outside of the city or inside the city? Uh, I'm about <coughs> 20 miles west of the city. Oh, okay, okay. 
Yeah, so I'm not I'm not downtown by any means. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah. Um. Do you like uh, being there? In the suburbs? Yeah. Yeah, I, I uh, prefer the suburbs. My girlfriend lives in the city. Great to go into there to visit her and whatnot, but <laughs> I like living in the suburbs. <laughs> well, I, I'm from New York City, so I'm in Atlanta now. But I remember okay. like, my girl was uh, when we were there. She was in Jersey, and I'd be in the city, so it was kind of cool to like go away. So like, yeah. I get what you're saying. Like you want to have both. So like right now, I live yeah. just outside of actual Atlanta. I was coming Buckhead. Okay. So yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, how did you? Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. What are some things you do now that are different from when you had first started coaching? Oh, um, <clears throat> I would say that I'm a little bit more. I, I don't think daring is the right word, but I'm. I push the limits a little bit more mm. to figure out what works and what doesn't. Okay. Um, what, I'm, in what ways? Just try, trying new things. Like, uh, for example, some of my summer baseball players, my college guys this year, mm-hmm. I had, they'd all train together, but I'd have half of them trying one thing and half of them trying the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, example would be sticking to the basic max effort, dynamic effort setup. Um, right. A couple guys – I would kind of use what I learned from uh, Jared Bidney and, and Bird uh, using right. the more strength speed rather than speed strength just to see how it would work for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess mostly now compared to when I was younger, I'm, I'm not afraid to ask why or ask questions and, and get better because I don't know okay. everything and right. I want to know everything because right. I want to produce the most badass baseball players in the area. Hmm. Um, so I already kind of know this answer, but what type of program are your athletes on? So we use the basic, I don't know, basic strength word, um, but conjugate sequencing, um, you know, just trying to create the biggest, um, central nervous system response that we can get and then teach the muscles to fire as fast as possible, all while building a giant foundation of athleticism so that uh, my guys can essentially produce year round if they had to. And, and what, how did you fall into the conjugate system and what uh, ended up making you choose that over linear, linear periodization? So I, I, I started with linear periodization mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, to be honest, I would even say that I still use some traits of it, especially with my younger athletes. Right. Maybe, yeah. maybe not so linear periodization, more as progressively overloading them in mm-hmm. a linear fashion, I guess. Right. But uh, the first path that I took down was learning about Joe DeFranco and then using uh, the West side for skinny bastards programming. And then, um, man, I think the first post I saw from strong eight in Florida was <laughs> one of their guys doing a backflip over a hurdle. And I was like, what the shit is this? <laughs> and then I started scrolling and scrolling and I only had a couple baseball players at the time. And I reached out to JJ. And this is, I think it was going on about five years ago, maybe four um, but him and I have just been in contact for the last few years. And then, uh, then I really started asking him questions. I went down and met him one time and really kind of took things over to the conjugate system. Cause I've tried, I've tried other things. I've tr- I've dipped my foot in triphasic and linear periodization, like we said, and cube method and whatever. And hmm. for my population, the conjugate system, I think is top notch. It gets exactly done what needs to be done. Yeah, you're not gonna have any disagreement from me. So. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I think all those other systems have pieces in them that I've used and continue to use, but I don't think one system is a be-all, end-all. But I think the skeleton of the conjugate model is optimal. But I always feel like that's what the conjugate system is. It, it's kind of like um, my—I don't know if you're like a Bruce Lee fan, but it's kind of like how yeah. he just took the good from every single right. martial art and then threw out the bad. Is like. Well, here you go. It's like yeah, and, some of this stuff is not useful. Some of this stuff is good. Why not? And I feel in? like, and I feel like people that follow the conjugate system think that way. Right. I feel like that people that don't that follow other systems think that the conjugate system is the dumbest thing in the world. Right. Like yep. they're they're the exact opposite. And it's like if you really broke it down and looked at what uh, the parameters of it. You can fit in what you're doing just in a more efficient way. Yeah. And not throwing stuff out at times of the year. Mm -hmm. You notice, I think too many people have an opinion on West Side and Conjugate, but then don't read, don't 
And I you yeah. gotta do is read some like Louis like and maybe it's because like I, I, like we're probably the type of those people where it's like we understand like what we know and then like what we don't know we're eager to learn. So like Louis like every single book he has there's like a whole bibliography in the back just showing all the people he just took information from that are yeah. really great at doing something and he just puts it in there and he's like right. okay this works and this doesn't and like I'm just like <laughs> it's just like. When people have an opinion, I'm like, yo, he's had so many different types of sports going there and people improve. And I see other people and I'm like, uh, I've never seen you test either at all. Or number two, the results are so minimal compared to, like you said, Bird and Jared mm-hmm. Bitney. It's like, yo, these dudes are taking people that like can't jump over a broomstick and jump 40 inches like over and over. So like if you think it just works for powerlifting, it obviously doesn't. <laughs> so I. I don't know. It's like, are they just mad because like whoever their, like their mentor was, like it, they'll be wrong on what they were thinking if if they switch to conjugate. But like, why not make the best results for your athletes? Like that's that's just me. Like at the end of the day, it's it should be about them, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's exactly it. I I want what's best for them. I don't give a shit about me, but right. I want to produce. I want results for my my guys and girls and. I'll do whatever I can to get them there. Right. And that's the end of that's the end of the story. Um, so what made you focus on baseball and softball athletes so much? You know, it was kind of just by chance. I had my foot in foot in as many sports as I could. And mm-hmm. then uh then I had the opportunity to interview to be the strength coach for the current program that I'm with. Mm. And it was uh it was an interview between me and actually um, my old gym that I worked at previous to that, my first gym that I worked at, and I ended up getting the contract. And then uh, there's just so many athletes in this program that it just took up so much time. And, and I've just been learning so much on how to how to shape my programming towards baseball players that it just kind of made sense to start. Let's start micro niching and just I want to be known as the baseball guy. <laughs> um. Is there any other sports that you train even a little bit or like one or yeah, two? Yeah, I got I got a couple football players that okay. I've had for since the beginning mm. that have just went with me everywhere. And mm. I mean, anybody that really knows anything, like the programming is not that much different. Right. You know, I have overall, a, I, still the same. Yes. You know, yeah. Minute changes that you do. Yeah. Like I have a guy right now. He's a, he's going to be, or he's a sophomore in college played at a small juco and uh he has the skill and the strength to play at a bigger level mm-hmm. but he's not big he's right. only five five nine five ten mm. but but anyways his his jumps and his strength just plateaued for so long and i just with with my team i didn't have enough time to sit down with him and just really focus on it but this summer we did and all we ended up doing was changing up his squatting patterns or his uh, set and reps with the tendo unit and up in his weighted dumbbell jumps. And on the opposite day, instead of picking up a barbell, we just jump and then we do accessory work. Now his verticals flying up, his speeds flying up. He box squatted <laughs> 600 to a parallel box. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty awesome. And I, he's going to take a year off and we're just going to train for a year. And I can't wait to see what he does when he goes back. <laughs> I always like stories like that where the kid takes a year off if he's with a good, really good strength position coach, and then mm-hmm. like he comes back and blows everybody out the water. You're like, oh, well, we had going? a hard time. We had a hard. He's he's five ten ish, five nine ish, three hundred pounds. Three hundred pounds. Yeah, God and we had a hard. Damn. Yeah, we had a, so like his his relative <laughs> strength isn't a double bodyweight box squat's decent. Right, it's right. good, but it could be higher. But yeah. his vertical went from barely breaking twenty, and he's at a twenty-seven-one now. Right. In a couple months. And w- what position does he play? Oh man, I forget. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> um, he—he's a lineman though, but he wants right. to cut some weight and play like a play a linebacker or something. Um, what he's age- quick and he knows the game. Uh, what ages do you work with? Youngest I work with is uh, a couple nine-year-olds, mm. and then all the way through college. What? Uh, how early do you max people out? Uh, see, okay, so that's something I've kind of changed this year. It really depends, and then 
I mean, if you're looking at the term of max effort, that could mean anything from a max effort jump. Right. But this summer I had smaller groups of my little guys, 10 and 11 year olds. Mm -hmm. And I was making them do max effort um, ISOs with a, um, with a sumo. So I'd load up a barbell with like 400 pounds because I knew they couldn't move it. Right. And and I'd put it on blocks and uh, increase the block height and have them do sets of uh, two to three reps for uh, like a three second hold on a max effort sumo pull. And then we'd go do some jumps. Nice. And what I, what I really liked about it though was yes, they're getting that motor unit synchronization from the max effort, but they were learning the position of how to pull correctly. So that one day, once we get into a real barbell work, they're going to have it down. Okay. What are some differences in training in season versus off season? You know, I would say the only difference in my, for me, and maybe, maybe I could do it better. I don't know, but it's working so far. The only difference is I ask them how, when their games are. Right. And how they feel. If they're feeling great or if they got a game in a day, I'll still pull a max effort lift. Hmm. We just control the volume better so that they, 99, 99% of the time they show up to the game the next day and I get a text saying they had an awesome game. Well, now, if you're maxing out during the season, like, like you said, day before game, mm-hmm. will you do like a concentric squad or like a higher box? Like, will you still like parallel box bottom or? Or a heavy deadlift, um, like will you modify it where it's like, I know this kid's not going to get hurt at all. They're just going to see a PR. Central nervous system is firing, and and, and that's it. You know yeah, I, mean? I won't. I, I won't squat them. I usually do some type of pole variation, and it's probably going to be off the blocks. Right. With with some type of accommodating resistance, maybe bands, maybe chains, just so I, I can have them get that high CNS stimulation, but they don't need the full range of motion. Right. I'd likely go off a block just to keep them in that within that degree of movement that they'll be hitting or throwing at. Correct. Yeah, they don't. I, there's very few that every now and then we're doing a pull off the floor, but mm-hmm. even so, it's a max of 13 to 15 reps, and then we move on. Mm-hmm. Well, um, why should athletes max out? Well, athletes should max max out if they truly want to be strong because. I didn't prove it. Scientists prove it and many other coaches prove it. But when you're pulling a true max effort lift and you're getting that strain, you're literally re what's the word? You're re synchronizing your motor units to work together. So the more motor units that work together at the same time, the more force we can produce, the more force an athlete can produce at a smaller body weight, the more powerful, the more fat, the, the faster sprinter, they will be the harder they're going to throw a lightweight ball, the harder they're going to swing a bat, et cetera. What are your go-to max effort exercises for pressing, pulling, and squatting? Um, that really also depends on the time of year or where I am with their programming. Hmm. If we're going to press, I don't mind doing a, a full bench press with a straight bar. Hmm. Um, I believe that I teach it really well because I learned how to bench correctly from a really strong guy. And so far, I've had nothing but positive, uh, positive results, not only performance-wise, but how my athletes are feeling. Um, uh, shoulder injuries, elbow injuries are, are declining year by year with this team. And that's all I want to see out of it. And I believe the bench press really helps with that. But if I were to use a max effort variation for in-season, we'd probably do like a 90-degree bottoms-up press, so concentric only, so they don't have to – stress out about doing the full movement. Um, if I'm doing a pull, any type of sumo variation. And if I'm doing a squat, any type of box squat variation, probably a little higher than parallel for most of the year. And now, are you saying that um, just because it's for baseball, or would you say that you're going to do that with a lot of your sports is slightly above I'd, parallel? I'd sport? do it. I'd do it with all my sports, honestly, mm. if, if I had, if I had more than, just baseball players. Um, again, it also depends on the time of year. Like like today, for example, I've got a group of baseball players from a, a local town, and we did a low box squat for them. So I had them box squat to a 12-inch bo- uh, hard box. Oh, wow. And, it, and th- this group has been the easiest group to ever teach. They've never box squatted before. And 
they're pretty damn good at it. They're really good at controlling the uh, eccentric portion, sitting back just slightly, keeping the knee drive out, and then firing out the box straight up. But um, I always try and ask them without trying to get the, them to realize what answer I want. But I always ask, like, hey, where are you feeling this? All my hips feel like they're opening up real good. I'm like, perfect. That's what I'm looking for in this. Um, why should baseball players bench? Uh, <clears throat> there's a ton of muscle groups that um, the bench press, when done correctly, uh, works. But just to keep it simple, the way that I bench press with a closer grip, keeping your elbows tight, um, really is going to put most of the, the stress, and I mean stress in a good way, on your glenohumeral joint and your elbow. Right. And um, everybody has elbow issues, and it's really important that we strengthen their tricep. And with that pressure we're putting on the tricep from the way we bench, we're working our tricep the most. What do you say to the – because I've gotten pushback from, like, some of my athletes. Not even pushback because somehow sometimes I just tell them, hey, listen, you don't know what you're talking about. But they'll be like <laughs> – why should I bench? Look at this athlete that benches. Or you'll have straight coaches like, well, you don't lay down and you press, so why would I bench press? Or it's unsafe. Oh like, yeah, how do you not give – like, what are your go-to? Like, sometimes I just be quoting Louie. You know, like, well, what do you what do you say? And you're like, no, this is why you should bench press. Coach, <laughs> <laughs> I had now, – now you know that when you do a true bench press, you have some leg drive. Right, correct? right. I taught a bit, I taught a football player that a couple of years ago, but never came off the bench. He had a really good bench press for his size. Mm-hmm. And he came back the next week and told me that his coach said, you shouldn't bench press with your legs because when you're on the field, you don't drive through like that. <laughs> and, and I was, I laughed and I said, yeah, you're also not on your back on the field. <laughs> like what? Oh, so what, what I, what I tell athletes, I want, I want to come from a position to educate, not talk down on someone. Right. So I ask them what their opinion is on it, what they heard. And then I ask them if I can show them the right way to do it and explain to them how it works. And so far, nine times out of 10, not only do they feel great after I show them the way, but they set a new one rep max record in the first session. Right. (laughs) Because, no exercise is inherently dangerous if you do it the right way. Right. And, and, and the bench press in particular, as any exercise, when you're using all the right muscle groups, everything flows a lot smoother. Right. Um, how much running or slash what type is in your program? I don't do that much, um, <coughs> mainly because of the space that I have um, right. right now. Over the summer or right now, since it's nice outside, we'll do some short sprints outside. I have a loading dock right outside one of my garage doors, so we'll do sprints up that. But um, most of my, I guess you'd call running technique, is done in the warm-up. We do a lot of skipping variations, and then we pretty much live on a sled. So the the sled drags and prowler pushes are kind of what – that's our focus for 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 sprinting work, quote unquote. Sled dragon pro. What is yeah. what is uh like? What's your go tos for the the prowler push? Like what? Uh, how much I do just, you actually use? I just like I, I like doing the what I learned from Joe DeFranco. So just the march. I don't really do sprints with them. Okay. Um, when I was at the first gym with um, the guy who was my mentor at the time, we actually ran a couple really small studies with a handful of athletes we had with prowler work and timing sprint speed. And I'll be damned. Joe DeFranco knows his shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What type of jumping do you have your athletes perform and what are the sets and reps? How often per week? Uh, Really depends um, what group it is, um, uh, what their training level is. Some of my guys will do, we'll do dumbbell vertical jumps and measure them twice a week uh, just to start out their workout almost as a warm up. And then after their, um, after their main lift, they'll do, I've got a couple of super cats. So we'll do some super cat jumps or we'll do some um, box jump variations for my, for my little kids though. We do a lot of box jumps seated and standing. What 
Was the Supercat? Uh, the Supercat was created by a company called Powernetics. Mm-hmm. It was a guy who's who wanted it, whose son wanted to play basketball in college, and he built this machine. It, it, it looks like a hack squat machine. Oh, and then you can like press into it with your body, but you can also jump with it. Yeah, kind of. I think I've seen that on your page. I think it's blue. Is it blue in your gym? Yeah, it's yeah, it's the blue one. Oh, okay, okay. I got, I got a blue one and a black one. So you do that now? Do you do that with young younger kids? You were saying, or or everybody? I just I just got those. Oh, okay. so I I haven't decided if I want to let the younger kids use it yet, but I might let them with mm. it uh, unloaded carrier, so no weight on there, uh-huh. just because it's. It's a very simple machine to use, and you almost can't mess it up. <laughs> right. Now, you do know? you have vertimats? Like, do you? I mean, I mean, the jump mats. Do you use those? I have one dumbbell jump. Mat, jump? Yeah. You use those. Yeah, I have one jump, jump mat. Mm-hmm. And then, will will but will you do like the forty jumps twice a week, or will you do like I warm up well, and I go for a max <clears throat> record for a record with a certain amount of weight? So, so that also depends too, because with the amount of athletes that I have, and a lot of them also play other sports, I may only see them once or twice a week. And if I do, in that fashion, I want to hit an upper body and a lower body day. Right. So they won't get their forty jumps twice a week. Mm-hmm. But for like my college guys this summer and this fall that are coming four to five days a week, they'll get eighty jumps a week. Eighty jumps. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 40, 40, yeah eighty jumps a week, forty twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for the for those guys that can do 40 twice a week, will you do both of those days you're going for a max or like one is like a dynamic kind of effort, eight by five, and then one day's a max? Like how do you um, – That kind of depends too because that's one of the things I'm kind of experimenting with. So like with that football player, he's just a workhorse. So I can I can, I can experiment on him. Like we used, <laughs> to, we used to do a lot of reverse hyper volume just to kind of see what would happen. Like he's just, he's been through the ringer. So I can, I can have him do his dumbbell jumps in the beginning, hit a 600 pound squat and then jump 40 times and then be fine. And then be fine the next day. Oh, okay. But other guys, I don't really do a lot of the dumbbell jumps with a, with a large group. It just takes too much time. Right. So I've tried it and I usually give them, I don't know, six to seven jumps. Then we'll do, We'll do whatever else we're gonna do, and then maybe jump twenty or thirty times, like a box jump, just to get just to get more power development in, but not right. uh, jump up to a box to get rid of that collision. Right. Um, do you do uh, isometrics, and if so, when in the workouts do you do? Um, periodically, I guess. I, I haven't. I probably haven't put them in as much as I should, and I've been. I've been kind of making some notes on that and when I'd want to, but if I do an isometric, it's in a max effort variation. So pulling against a immovable object, like the rack that's bolted to the floor for three to five seconds. Right. Or I'll use that as a contrast when, when someone's having a hard time beating their jump record. Right. I'll have them pull, pull or squat into the rack and then go jump. And they usually beat their record after that. Um, how do you warm up your athletes? Um, so that also depends on the group when I'm in the middle of winter with my, with my full teams of like 25 kids, I have a dynamic warm up that I use. That's, uh, different variations of lunges and, uh, skipping and whatnot. But if it's, if it's my smaller groups, we're going straight into strength work. We'll, we'll kind of, um, depending on what the day is, we'll pick three to four different exercises or FRC movements that are going to potentiate the muscle groups that we're going to work for the day. Oh, are you FRC certified too? No, I'm not. I'm just. I've just been reading about it recently. Uh, That's yeah. one I, I definitely want to get certified. My, in that my one girlfriend's day. on that, and she just gives me like the routines and stuff to do, and I, I'll have my. Yeah, it is big. I to me, it's. I, I think it's like even more important than like physical therapy or anything like that. I think that's the number yeah. one way to improve somebody. Actually, how they move, walk, run, all that. Man, I'll tell you. Like, <laughs> I, I started messing around with it a little bit during quarantine mm-hmm. and I, right. I Cause maybe, you can still do it. You can still do it. Yeah. I only know like maybe three to five different movements for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, <laughs> I'm lazy. I, I stopped doing it. I, and I, if I would have kept doing it, it's I would have kept feeling better, to but I, I, I felt within the first week, just my hips feeling better. Yeah. And so now I'm really trying to push it to my baseball players as part of our warm up, And I'm like, 
I'm like, you guys just need to trust me on this. I know it looks stupid, but one, wait till you try it. And two, give it a couple months and see how, yeah. see if it really helps how far you can open up your hip when you're driving down the mound. Mm-hmm. It, it, if you it can makes, increase your stride length another inch or half inch or whatever. Um, How do you work around shoulder and elbow injuries with your baseball people? That really depends how severe it is. Um, I try and get in contact with their PTs or, or most of their parents, their parents know, their parents know how it happened, but I've I've talked to a couple of PTs before for kids and they kind of tell me what they're working on. And I haven't had anything super serious yet, but it's very easy for me to just kind of modify their workout specifically, even in the large group, like, Hey coach, I can't do this because this hurts. All right, let's try this. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of the issues I find go away once you, depending on what it is, obviously, once you start training and strengthening the scapula, the, the, the traps, start learning how to press correctly, um, build the triceps up. And one of the big ones, it's not a secret, but I call it a secret, would be body, temp- body <laughs> tempering the bicep. Oh, okay. A lot of baseball players don't, at least ones I've... I, Which one do you have? Do you have the I little bu- boomstick? I have or- a bunch of them. <laughs> my, uh, <laughs> one of my best friends is the guy that makes those for Donnie Thompson. Oh, okay. I'm about to... I Oh, I shouldn't even be saying it early, but I'm about to have him on within the next like week or so. Donnie? And I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. I, I, I've met him a few times. He's he's good friends with my buddy, Rob. Oh, yeah. I, I, oh, I don't okay, know if you okay. follow my friend, Rob. His his uh, IG is uh, Big Hess Strength. He makes he makes the rollers and he makes the fat bars. Now, like he's the dude in the factory, or is he the dude that like brought it to Rogue? Who down? No, that was that was Donnie people. that did that. My, um, the rollers that Rob was making for Donnie, my company actually made them, and Rob sold them. The, oh, yeah, wow. the company Rob needed someone to make them, and the company I work for deals with uh, metal and turning with CNC machines. So we started making them when he'd order them, and then Rob would sell them. Oh, jeez! So do you get like discounts on barbells? Or no, too? no, I I, I, <laughs> I pay for them all. I, I support his business. <laughs> but anyways, um, uh, um, a lot of baseball players don't realize that when you release the ball, your bicep decelerates your arm, and Whenever I get them in at first and say, well, my, my elbow hurts when I throw and I go, okay, do me a favor, lay down on the ground and grab your bicep real hard. Does it hurt? And they're all, oh shit. Yeah. I'm like, okay, now let's get a PV. Let's start with a PVC pipe. Let's start rolling out your bicep and see how it feels. Literally after the first session, they're like, oh, it's gone. I'm like, okay, it doesn't mean it's over though, but that's where you got to start. You got to start taking care of that tissue and then let's strengthen everything else. No, will you do that? Like, do that, then do the dynamic warm up, or you do this like after you guys done lifting. Like how do how do you do the rolling? It's you the guys that rolling. the guys that the guys that are committed show up early. I, I tell everybody, right? If you get here early, start rolling out. I don't care if you're back here, but don't be back here standing up messing around. Go ahead and go ahead and start doing something. I got a I got a, a list of GPP work you can do every day. Come on in early, get it done. If you want to roll out, come roll out. Or or I'll um, let them stay after and roll out if I if I'm there with more clients or something. Yeah, go ahead and roll out. Okay. <laughs> um, how do you decide whether to do explosive strength waves or speed strength? Waves? I don't know yet. Or strength speed. I don't know yet. If I'm being yeah yeah. If I'm, oh, you're still yeah, testing. If I'm being completely honest, I don't know yet. What I what I, <laughs> but what I think is because I think I'm dealing with it myself is that. My level of relative strength is so high now, but my ability to display it is go- is going down. So I have to focus on the strength speed rather than the speed strength, okay. which is also what I think was happening to my football player. Because, I mean, 600-pound box squat's pretty damn heavy. <laughs> That's what Bird was saying. He was saying, well, the guy – well, but but he said then we need to do explosive strength because he said – if we get got all the way up to a 500, now his vertical and his 40 hasn't gone down. I mean, well, the 40 hasn't gone down and the vert hasn't gone up. We're not going to focus on 600 pounds anymore. We're going to get off of the speed strength and we're going to go down to explosive strength because that's what he's missing. And then we're going to do stuff like ATP. Instead of being regular stepping, you're going to be balls of the feet, 
we're going to do a lot more jumping and stuff like that. Like, do you agree with that? Or have you tried that yet? Yeah. So with, with my football player, we don't do a dynamic effort day as in the traditional sense now. Right. What they're, what he's doing there is mostly accessory work for the muscle groups. And then as far as power development, he's just jumping. Right. And then I haven't touched him on a max, a true max effort lift in months now. Oh, yeah, really? because, well, see, Bird and, Bird and Jared, they squat their, their athletes more than twice a week. Right. I oh, forget. I forgot to ask that. I know. Jared, he's saying, and I don't, you want to get, good. I don't know how, and I'm like, do how many days did he squat? And, and they squatted, you know, they do crap stuff at school. I have to deal with that with my kids. Go, oh, we're doing snatches and cleans today. Well, damn, but we need to squat jump. Mm-hmm. What the hell? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, but he's like, we squat three times a week. I'm like, God damn. How do they have any energy to hit them numbers on that tempo, though? Well, and that's the thing, too, though, is <coughs> I guess, well, you're right saying that, but that's the that's the positive of conjugate system is you don't have to follow a certain percentage per se. You're really just following right. a speed and time. That's true. Right. Which is another, which time. is another thing that weights are measured. In yeah, time. which is another thing that I'm starting to shift from. Like, absolutely, I care about the number on the bar because the number on the bar means you're getting your uh, uh, absolute strength is increasing. But, but we have to display. I want to see that number right. move fast as hell. Right. Like my thing right now for me is when I can find time to train. I'm trying to get my deadlift to 600. What is it right now? Uh, 525. I'm I'm literally like I'm I'm literally in that 525 body range myself. <laughs> I need that 600 bad. Yeah, so I pulled <laughs> that about two months ago, and that was an exactly triple body weight deadlift. Because oh, you weigh you weigh at 200. I weigh 175. <laughs> Man, I got fat over that COVID. I'm too. <laughs> I'm 225 right now from 200. No, 197. Yeah. Was 197. So uh, on my max effort day. <laughs> I'm trying to focus on that and on my dynamic right. effort day right now I'm experimenting with doing my speed pulls as I normally would. And then as, as mm-hmm. an, I guess you'd call it an accessory, then I'm jumping on the box squat with a tendo unit and trying to hit the, the strength speed portion. So you do the box squat after the tendo? Yes. Oh, no, specific, no specific reason. I just chose to do it that way. Hmm. But were you doing the reverse before? Well, I was only doing speed strength. Oh, okay. And I can move the bar fast, but it wasn't transferring to my jumps. <laughs> See, like at this point, this is my my next test as a coach to figure out it like it's I'll say it, it's easy to get a newbie strong. Where right. I where yeah. I feel I excel is that I continue to get my athletes to progress for years. And I've, I've done that. I've kept the same athletes for a long time, but Hmm. I've yet, I don't have anybody yet at my level. So I have to, and and where I'm at is not that newbie anymore. So the stuff that used to work doesn't work anymore. Right. So I'm trying to learn and figure out, well, shit, how do I level up now? Right. You know, um, well, here's a good one. Why don't ladders work? Because <coughs> you're not putting any force into the ground. I mean, you could use them for, like, coordination for some youngins. But, like, as far as older athletes go, you're not putting any type of force in the ground. You're just moving your feet fast. And sprinting fast has nothing to do with how, how quick you can move your feet. It's about putting as much force into the ground and getting your foot off the ground as fast as possible and doing it again. I love asking that question. I don't like arguing it because I don't want to be a vindictive coach anymore. <laughs> I just want to. I want. I, I try to stay away from it. I want to educate, I, like because I bring people on mm-hmm. that I know how they're going to answer it, which is the correct mm-hmm. way. So I like to quote it just so any of my athletes have been brainwashed to thinking it's good because they see a professional athlete working with a bad coach. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, but they're doing it. They're, I'm like, hey, they already are running fast and jumping high. They did not get there from doing ladder. Yes. I did ladder. I was still slow. Okay? <laughs> didn't do anything. 
So, all right. Well, let me ask you. A but question. you need the science. <laughs> yes. The yes. biggest, uh, I guess, debate around my area is hmm. single or unilateral versus bilateral. Right. Everyone thinks that bilateral is <laughs> is uh, is the devil. For 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 me, I I would say you have to do both. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I I know, and I just I always just try to say I listen to people who have done the best or do way better and have way more experience. And it's like simple as well. If we know we have to get the athlete relative strength up, and we have to get them much stronger, we know that we only can load so so much weight using a single leg movement. So to me. If your main movements are always single leg, your athlete's going to be very, very limited. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, do your Bulgarian split squat, but how about you do a regular squat first? Number two, it's the same thing with, like, all the balance <laughs> stuff. It's like, but you're going to activate your core or use your core way, way more when you do a heavy-ass squat. When you do a Bulgarian split squat, I don't care how strong you are. You can't do – I mean, you can't even really do half, you know. Like, you know, like there's only going to be so much you can do. So it's like if if our goal is to get the athlete stronger and 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 basically hit all the other strengths, I need two feet on the damn ground. Number two, that's what you play with. Like I know we don't, you know how we say like don't be so SPP. You know we need GPP. Mm-hmm. But when are you just hopping around on one foot or you have the rear foot elevate? I get that you do it, but like it can't. If anything, it should be mainly two feet on the ground and not one foot on the ground. And, and that that's just my my view just from the people that I know produce 40 inch verticals, like it's every day in, in their sleep. Mm-hmm. So that's what they do. That's what I'm going to mm-hmm. do. <laughs> like do both, you know, just like kind of just like everything works not too long. You can't do one thing or it's not, it's going to stop working. Like do both. But if you're a guy that's, you know, I only do this and I only do that and I only do this, or I don't do this at all. Like, you know, like I really will do a kettlebell swing, but you know, sometimes every once in a blue moon, just to mix it up, I may throw it in there. It's not nowhere. It's it's like a half a percent of the damn program, yeah. but it's in there, you know. Yeah. So, you, you know, you have you have you know you have to do it. Except for balancing on the bosa bar, that's basically on and ladders. Yeah. <laughs> that oh my next thing. Why is running in sand bad? Oh, that's a that's another hot. Well, one right lack of force production <laughs> and transfer of force. You know, I never really thought about that either because I always thought it was a good idea. But it's so hard, yeah, right? But, but then hard. when it was it's explained hard. to me, I'm like, no, okay, mm-hmm. it makes sense. Yep. Yeah, I, I I get my mind changed about things all the time. But the number yeah. one thing I always tell my guys is try it first. Ask questions and try. Right. That I like. I never want my athletes to just go blindly and do what I say. I I love right. it when they ask questions. I want them to learn because if they have to go somewhere else or they can't train with me anymore. I want them to one know how to do things, or two be able to do it on their own. Right. How? Uh, oh, oh, wait. Let me go back to the the single leg stuff. So, like, what does it look like in your in your in your program? Same thing. Neither neither Same. is the be all end all. Right. Um, their main lift is always going to be a, a a bilateral exercise. And then we can throw in accessories or throw the single leg in the accessories. Right. Easy. <laughs> What's your opinion on the people that like to max out on the unilateral stuff? I mean, if you could do it safely, why not? <laughs> right. it, it I always look at them like they're doing like a 400 pound. That's hard. I don't know. I just, how many athletes? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't I know enough these about kids it. I can't even do two feet, and I'm like, I I can't see how. Like you know how kids are. They like walk out weight, and it's like, you know, one foot. Now they're gonna do. I don't know about no deal. One foot. <laughs> no, maybe maybe I I may try that one day with my. See, so yeah, this is the thing is I always have a set plan for my guys. And then I write it on the board, and then they show up, and I'm like, no, fuck that. We're doing something different. Yeah, right, right, right. Because it just right. just didn't click once I saw it out on paper. And then yeah. And I've done that, too, recently. I'm like, you know what? They're on an off week this week. 
Um, a couple guys got games. Whoever shows up, maybe we'll try a max effort split squat or a step right. back lunge. And then they show up, and I'm like, hey, how you feeling? Ah, we're kind of tired. I'm like, all right, we're just going to do a rack pull. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, get to that rack pull. <laughs> well, because it's not, it's not stressful for them. Yeah. yeah. I, and you know, almost always, they can get a PR in that. And, and I always feel like, like one of those, I don't know, I'm, I'm just, I just love Louis so much. So it's always like, you want to see your athletes win. Mm-hmm. And then if they're in season, they're usually beat up. So it's just yeah, like, when they're, the, hey, there's, there's no beat up from walking out weight, nothing like well, that. So. When they're tired, the last yeah. thing I want to do is stress them out on something hard and have them fail. I want them to end right. their session on a positive note. Right. Um, how long are your athletes training sessions? Um, usually about an hour. If it's my more personal mm-hmm. clients, hour, half, hour and a half at the absolute max. But generally between an hour and hour 15 is the average. Right. Um, what are some certifications or books every coach should have? Or read? You know, I'm up in the air on certifications. I have a couple. Um, <laughs> originally when I started, my mentor wanted me to get a couple from the IYCA, which I I think are decent. Like they're good for kids. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. I I had my CrossFit level one certification back in the day and I did not renew it because it was pointless. Um, (laughs) And then I, I read all the books for the CSCS and kind of just got lazy and never took the test, but I don't know if I ever will. Like I, I think I I have a lot of people that know like, yeah, it's it, it's hyped up to be like this crazy thing, especially people that know West Side. They're like, yeah, the, getting the special strengths is way harder. But people like only know the CSCS. And they're like, you got to get the CSCS. Mm-hmm. CS. And then I'm like, do you use the stuff in it? They're like, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so I got to spend all this money, and then I'm not gonna. Use it. Okay. And that was a hard book for me to read. <clears throat> I I have a hard time like sitting down after a long day at work and reading. And I I love doing right. it once I start doing it, but. That book was so dry and so it probably took me a year a year <laughs> to do. If I'm being honest, uh, I yeah I have it in here. Um, <laughs> but as far as so certifications, I mean, in my opinion, if you want to get one or you have to get one to work somewhere, then do it. But I fi- find more right. value in researching yourself and asking questions and meeting as many people as possible. And my 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 goal for my my business right now is i want to at some point hopefully very soon find an intern or hire someone that i could start teaching uh, my system and i want to be able to travel in the future to go to other states and meet other coaches and learn that way i can't do that i can't do that right now Mm. um would you ask books yeah books i mean Obviously, if you're if you're a conjuring guy, anything Louis Simmons has written, just I, I feel a lot of them are are the same, but there's tidbits mm-hmm. in each book that's different than the others that are good. Um, right. Joe DeFranco and James Smith write a ton of great books, um, and then obviously Super Training. Um, I'm trying to get through that right now. <laughs> yeah, that's a I'm dying. <laughs> that, that's a tough one too, but I mean it's, it's but it's, it's good. Damn good. That's good. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what else one of my favorite that I've read that wasn't geared towards the team sport athlete but really broke down the conjugate system and I've read it a few times now is uh, Matt Wenning's tactical guide for athletes mm. you, you should look into that one I think I was just watching him on some conjugate clubs he's a he was so lifting. very smart individual <laughs> Very smart. No, he's not five three one, is he? No, that's uh, Brandon. Brandon no, no, no. Uh, right. I was just watching like a bunch of them lift, you know, like in one of the old tanks. Yeah. <laughs> and he was flying by, and he's like, "Yeah, this guy, you know, Dave Tate runs Elite FTS." And then he was, uh, he was like, "Oh, five three one." And then he was like, "Yeah, yeah, they all came out of Western." <laughs> yeah, you know what? Um, and that's the funny thing too is I had a. Uh, uh, I had a, a local coach. I was kind of just chatting back and forth on a post they made about something, just picking brains and stuff like that. And the box squat was in question. And uh, mm. he talked about JL Holdsworth, who does like RPR. 
and JL used to work or train at Westside and he know he's good friends with Nate Harvey. And I, I kind of know mm. Nate Harvey. I did one of his seminars and we've chatted quite a bit and I message him and I just need to know. I'm like, Hey, is it true that JL Holdsworth does not box squat his athletes? And he laughed. He goes, no, we just box squatted today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Why would he say I that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. M- misinformation maybe. <laughs> Um, do you ever have your kids free squat? Yeah. Yeah. My, last year going into the off season, I may do it this year too. I don't know. Um, hmm. as kind of like an accumulation phase, I just wanted everybody learning the right way to squat. Cause no one, okay. oh, not, not all of them, but a good chunk of them had never been taught correctly how to, you know, drive the knees out, spread the floor in half. Uh, That's what Jared says. Yeah, start start back, start leading back with your hips and sitting down. Everyone wants to go knees forward and whatnot. Um, I and even in the free squat, I kind of train more of a wider stance just to keep the shin as vertical as possible and get the most hip and glute activation. But we did that for about a month and a half until until I let them box squat. Will I do that this year? I, I don't think so because the more the longer I've been doing this, like I want to expose them to so as many different variations as I can in a controlled manner, mm-hmm. but I'm slowly getting into the, I just want to get them their results. Right. And I'm going to get them their results by box squatting. If they want to get any hypertrophy work, we can do that in the accessories. Especially cause it's like, well, they're like, you know, the, the free, I mean, not the free squatters, but, Joey Pilot is where they were like, well, we got a free squat in the meet. And even though like Louis broken a million records without having to free squat, but it's like the athletes goal is not to hit some green light. So really, you really only should really care about the that, goal, That's right? what so I'm like, saying. Like the only reason I do free squat them is because I know they do it at school. Right. Yeah. And I want to show them the right way to do it. But right. if I didn't care about that, then I would say, we're only box squatting because that's going to get you the result that you need for your sport. Right. But like I said, I want to expose them to as much as I can so that they, they have those. I wrote a, I did a tweet about this the other day, but just the analogy was they have more pages in their book. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. I saw yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you prefer chains or bands and what do you use either for? I, I probably use bands more, but both because you're going to get the overspeed with the band, but the chains are more erratic. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think it, just like in a large group <laughs> setting, bands are easier to set up. It's quicker. Um, who do you go to for new information if you do? Um, I talked to JJ from strong eight quite a bit. I talked to Jared and bird a lot or asked them questions. I've I've talked to Jared a few times on the phone. Um, Jack Canberra from 50 barbell in uh, Hawaii. Uh, he's, he's taught me quite a lot this last year. Um, one of my buddies is kind of, he's, he's local. Um, Tom Soroka. He's from uh, the Strength Agenda. He he's an Olympic lifting coach, and he and he does a lot of strongman work. But I've had guys that want to learn Olympic lifting, and I can do it. I, I used to have a pretty decent clean. Um, I suck at snatching, but I don't really want to sit and teach it. <laughs> do you do? You, oh yeah, this is a good question. Do you have people snatching? No, in your program. Yeah. No. Good. Good answer. Um, I <laughs> I had considered. <laughs> teaching a power snatch because there's a high rate of force in the power snatch or like the, or sorry, peak velocity. I believe it is. I believe it is. Okay. Um, Is that because there's not a slow, there's not the deceleration phase, like in a normal snatch. I believe so. I I think there was a, I think it's peak power output is highest in a snatch compared Mm. to a squat or a clean. Um, hmm. now that's not saying box squat with resistance or anything, but right, um, right. 
it, it could be another variation. It was one of those things crazy. that I started to teach a little bit of overhead squatting because over time, I know it would build really good mobility and stability in an overhead position for baseball players. And I did it in a really um, progressively overloaded way. Like we started with PVC pipe. Um, and then their coach saw and he's like, yeah, I don't want them doing that. And I was like, I tried to explain it to him. He goes, yeah, well, this, this, and this. And I was like, mm, okay, whatever. Now, my only question is with, the, with that would be, are would you spend much time doing that? Because like, I mean, I work with a lot, mostly basketball players and their mobility is complete crap basically. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> like, how is it with baseball? Cause like some of these basketball players, like, you know, just from a little bit of FRC and you're doing cars on your shoulder, these basketball players, it's like, they're in a T position almost. So I'm like, I'm not, I mean, we may overhead press, but a snatch, it's well, going to be the bar is going to be 10 feet away from them in the damn snatch, you know? It's yeah. I mean, to even simplify that further, if you're going to put in a snatch, you're probably not going to get the same out of it because you can't put as much weight into it. But I guess why right. couldn't you do a dumbbell single arm snatch there? Yes. Okay. Okay. I know uh, Jake. Do you know Jacob Ross? No. Oh, well, he's a he's a good, uh, good coach. You know, what? maybe uh, I do. It does. I he's might. in Chicago, actually. Now, what, now, what I'm talking about? He's actually in Chicago. Maybe I do. He, uh, he uh, <clears throat> trained Luol Dang for like ten years. Okay. Um, but he, yeah, he's probably not too far from me, yeah. actually. Um, but he was like, yeah, like uh, with the Olympic lifting, he was like, you know, sometimes I'll have people do Olympic lifts, but it's with a dumbbell mm-hmm. or a kettlebell. But um, he was like, you know, not only is it the ballet of lifting and you have to be so good as a coach doing it. Then the athlete has to be so with it. And I don't want to spend too much time. Like you said, with a PVC pipe when I could be getting them strong, you know? Well, um, and then also just so many of the athletes are terrible with the mobility. So, yeah, and, and Jared, Jared says in one of his podcasts, I think like he was a national level Olympic lifter, I believe, or at least in college. Right. And he doesn't do it because he gets his power development from dumbbell jumps. So do, are they bad? No. Are there other ways to do it? Yes. Um, what are some keys to being a great coach? In my opinion, transparency. Um, I'm tough on my, on my boys, not in a negative way, but I hold them to a high standard because I hold my, try to hold myself to a high standard. Um, Education, I want them to learn what they're doing and why they're doing it, and accountability. Accountability is a, bit, a big thing for me, and I, I've kicked athletes out before. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, West Side stuff. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't want my time wasted, and I don't want to waste their time. Right. I've got kids right. that want to be there and want to work their ass <laughs> off. I don't have time for – people that aren't taking it seriously. Hmm. What are some uh, keys to running a successful gym? Asking as many questions from as many people as you can. <laughs> um, that makes and, sense. And, and failing. I've, I've had, I'm young. I haven't been doing this that long, but I've had some not so great experiences with people that I trusted and, uh, it's all just a, right. it's a learning, it's a learning experience and it helps you get better. Just like, I mean, when we fail a lift, we figure out what went wrong and fix it. Um, so I know, I know you get your own equipment. So what are some must have gym equipments for, you know, new gym owners or just people who are looking to like up their gym? Like what are, what are some things that you have to have? You know what? I had the, I put this tweet out the other day about, uh, and I asked some of my guys today, what's one positive thing that you took from the COVID quarantine that has made your life better now? <laughs> and one of the things that I can say, I gave out three months of free programming to all my, all my athletes and athletes I don't even know yet through Instagram. And uh, it was mostly bodyweight stuff. And all the athletes that followed it and retested all set new records in all of their uh, jumps and sprints. So... To go back to your question, 
you technically don't need equipment if, to get something going. You just need the knowledge and education to do it. But if you were to say, hey, I want to build a gym, what would I say? I'd say you need a squat rack. You need a good barbell. Um, you don't need to spend a ton of money on plates. You can buy cheaper ones. I, I, don't, I don't think you need calibrated plates or super expensive ones. Um, I would put a reverse hyper in there. Correct. I'd put a set of dumbbells or a set of fat bells. And then I would put a, um, a fat pad by Rogue for your bench press. And then a glued ham raise if you could get one. No, no GHR. I mean, God damn it. No, uh, ATP. Well, if you're building a basic gym, if, if money's an issue, then, then no, but if, if we're going to go that route, I want, I want an ATP. I want the ultra Supreme reverse hyper. I want an inverse curl. Yeah. The inverse curl. Do you have an inverse curl? No, but I want one really bad. Oh, bro. I, I've been. I, I feel like my hamstrings have pro- propelled. Like since I've been using it at the gym that I go to now, mm-hmm. man. I'm, I'm right now. I'm at thirty five pounds mm-hmm. on it. Hey, but I, I was starting at like two plates. So you know, it is crazy. They're so versatile too. Like I've just been watching like some coaches that I follow that have them. There's so many things you can do other than inverse curls on it. Um. So what are we at? Ultra Supreme, squat rack. Uh, I'd still get the same, same fat pad, safety squat bar, regular barbell. I'd probably want a cambered bar, um, or a bull bar, inverse curl, sled, sled of course, jump boxes, um, lat pull down, ATP. How often do you use the? Do you use the? Well, the, I guess a nine-piece or just a simple Latin row. Like, how did, do you have use that in your program? Uh, with my large groups, I don't really, just because I only have one. Right. Um, but with my smaller groups, I'll probably put it in there once a week or so. <laughs> but to, to, to combat the loaded rowing like that, I set up my reverse hypers with some straps on it so they can do rows with that. I've seen people do yeah. that, yeah. It gets the job done. Is it like – I mean – it's of course not going to be the same, but is it like pretty close? Because I've always seen videos. I'm like, can you? Well, would that be a good switch up, or is it like, the, nah? The, if you have a lap pull down, forget. The it. trick is how you do the movement, like anything. Right. Um, right. Right. I I always tell my guys I want them to pull hard, pause, and mm. control the weight back in, because then they're getting right. a full or full concentric and eccentric. Mm. Because obviously, if you start pulling your arm by the. Well, I, lost sense. I lost you for a second, coach. What's... I lost you for a second. You back? Coach. Yeah, now I'm back. I can't um, if, you, if you're not controlling the swing, then you're just working off the momentum of the pendulum. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, what are your go tos for restoration? Um, at the gym, body tempering, uh, high rep band work, like tricep push-ons, um, good mornings, um, hamstring curls. But at home, I just tell my guys, you guys need to sleep and you guys need to eat. <laughs> right. At the end of the day, that's, that's pretty much what they need, you know? Um, all right, man, that, that was it. Just, uh. Let everybody know where they can find you. Yeah, um, Instagram is B3 underscore HP. Um, I got a Facebook page, B3 Human Performance. I try and update that for parents just to kind of educate them. But Yeah, the parents. Yeah, <laughs> that's, where, that's where I get the parents. Um, but I try, to, I try to make my content as educational as I can and, and motivational. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, no, man, I, I'm loving it. I'm always trying to learn. Um, trying to trying to expand my horizons because right now it's it's mostly basketball, especially because I played mm-hmm. that. So I'm trying to learn more from people that, especially like you, they're more of a focus on one thing. It's like I don't really know the demands of this sport. Let me learn from people that have been training this. Well, sport. that's I, I kind of 
I hope one day I could dabble in basketball a little bit because I just—it's <laughs> fun. I'll say it's fun. I think it's it's a good sport. I just got my first athlete to jump a forty-inch vertical this summer. Oh and he's wow! A, he's a pitcher. I, I'm telling you, <laughs> if you if you start working with if you start working with basketball players and you start, I feel like th- that's where the money's at. I keep telling people, I'm like, yo, this is the hole in strength condition because so many people in the basketball community have all these non- negative connotations about lifting. Same with baseball. Or don't know what don't know what it should yeah, look. Yeah, same like. with baseball. Well, I know that I know with baseball, they they they, they don't want to hit a, a upper body on the on their back. Crap, I, I know yeah. that. <laughs> I just know with basketball, they see LeBron balancing in a boasting ball. And oh, they think that's, oh, my God. I get so – and I'm just like, yo, you don't know. He's a genetic freak, and you don't know that he's getting away with bad training. And his – his. <laughs> that, oh, and he's doing the shake weight joint on the uh, – oh, my God. That is a whole – that's and a these whole kids, other – it's sad because they get brainwashed. Yeah, that, they get brainwashed. That's a whole other oh. podcast. <laughs> Like yo, it's not circus away, right. okay? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was it was great. No, I really appreciate you, you uh, asking me to do this. It's it's a it's an honor to be to have someone want me to be on their podcast. Oh oh hey, I got I got two pages, and it's questions, and then I got another page, and it's awesome. Notes. This is what it's it, it's it's about. You know, shine a light on people doing what mm-hmm. they're doing, but also for me, awesome. to learn. that's uh, that's why I really started. I appreciate this. that. Uh, I, I appreciate you for your no, time. No, thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, you you have a good day and 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 rest up. All tomorrow. right, all right, man. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. All right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Right, have a good one. Bye. Good night. Well, that concludes this episode. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. Got a lot of notes as usual. Remember, you can look at my Instagram to find out when the next episode releasing. That is Khalil underscore Sherrod, K-A-L-I-L underscore S-H-E-R-R-O-D. I will be having another great interviewee on next week, of course. I'm not going to let you guys down. <clears throat> and if you'd like to support the podcast, you can uh, scroll down the bottom of the page and always send your boy some funds. You know, for more stuff, you know, like uh, Gucci belt and stuff like that. <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> anyways, I hope you all enjoyed. And remember, stay clean. Peace.